Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seventh Man Podcast. I'm Will Beverina. I run Dimer2k.com and write about the NBA 2K League. I am Josiah Cohen. Oh, boy. I'm, this, is this the first time I've done the full name introduction? It might be. It might um, be. And I cover the NBA 2K League for sometimes Operation Sports and sometimes the Sports Network. Um, but Gasp, I've joined the dark side of the force and started covering it for Dimer 2K as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm Josiah's boss now, so he works for me. Technically, he is. It's very strange. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> That's not exactly how I would characterize it. But, uh... <laughs> uh, we're, we're back for episode 11. Uh, you can check out all of our previous episodes on the YouTube channel. And we have the past few episodes on iTunes and Podbean as well. As always, want to thank everyone who has listened to any of the episodes so far. Support is always appreciated. We're back from a bit of a hiatus. Uh, we haven't done one of these since just before the finals, and uh, that's pretty much my fault. I've been in the middle of moving to my new apartment and settling in, but I'm finally here, and we are ready to get back in the swing of things. So if I sound a little bit different from previous episodes, it's because I'm in a completely new place. Uh, so we didn't get to discuss the finals, Josiah, but it, it wouldn't be all that timely to do so at this point and i don't really think we'd come to any sort of earth-shattering revelations about the finals no no i I don't think we would i think um the the finals it's been it's been almost a month since the finals geez yeah it's crazy uh but there have been some some big off-season things going on and mainly the expansion draft Coming up in just a few days here. It's on the 26th this Wednesday. So we are very, very close. Um, and th- th- there have been some other things, but let's focus on that draft for now. Uh, if you're unaware, which if you follow Dimer and Josiah, you would be very aware that every team got to protect two players for this expansion draft. Uh, uh, each of the four new expansion teams are going to get two picks and uh, lots of good players, Josiah, available. Um, some surprises. Uh, why don't we talk about this protection list um, right here? Any any guys you were surprised weren't protected, Josiah? I mean, I, I wasn't really surprised. Um, I can see how some protections or lack thereof would have been surprising to someone who you know doesn't follow the league as much as I do which is probably too much I spend way too much time on Twitter um but like I I think one of the things that would jump out to a lot of people is the fact that Vert wasn't protected um right and he's one of the one of the best guys available in the expansion draft it's no shock that that boy shots wasn't protected obviously the the blazers had to go with protecting two guys who are mvp candidates um so shots is a great talent there was question about whether the knicks would retain or protect rather um nate or not but in the end they went with their key pick and roll cogs um nate is is a phenomenal phenomenal guy who 
is is very likely to go in in the expansion draft. Um, I think maybe people would have been surprised about the Magic, who had some tough choices to make. Um, they went in the end with Manny and King Cam Royalty, who helped turn their season around toward the beginning of the year. Um, they didn't go with their first round pick, Control, who's one of the best guards available in the expansion draft. And the Pacers' second protection, Swizzerk, which I think is, is perfectly justified. Um, they had so many, so many big men who could really you could just throw out two of them every game and they'd put up consistent production. So there's consideration about that. Um, but other than that, not too many shocks um, to to the world about the expansion draft protection list. Yeah, if if I had to say, I was surprised. At any of these, it would be some of the ones you mentioned, like the Magic. Um, I'm, you know, we've been fans of King Cam, uh, and you see Manny's a good player, but uh, I, I kind of, I don't know. I, I'm a little surprised they didn't keep control. Um, he didn't have like the greatest season. I wouldn't put him a lot uh, in that like really top tier of point guards. But still a bit of surprise. Not many teams are going into this without a point guard. So, eh, I don't know. I, I'm fine with it, though. I, I don't think they necessarily made a wrong decision. Um, the Pacers keeping Swizzerk was a little surprising to me. I, that's probably the only one of the only guys who was kept who was mostly a pure sharp all season uh, he, but he, you know he was better than the standard pure sharp by far right and if there's any team that could utilize a pure sharp it's the pacers with uh their famous off-ball screens and whatnot so yeah it's it's definitely um it's justified i guess uh a little surprised that jazz gaming not keeping mr slaughter going instead with deeds mr slaughter one of the better rebounders uh, in the league, and um, I don't know. I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, I mean, Warriors Gaming not keeping Vert. That's, I mean, th- there were some behind the scenes things there, I believe, uh, which which influenced that. Well, Will uh, Beverina, NBA 2K League insider. Uh, yeah, you know, I keep up, but. <laughs> uh, some other ones that were really close to me is Kings, I think, especially keeping Cook and Colt, leaving fourth overall pick Moody unprotected. Um, I think the Grizz gaming was, I would say it was probably might have been close between Universal Phenom and D-Double because D-Double really came on at the, at the end of the season there. And I think he was, he was pretty good for them at center. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, overall, not too many surprises. We kind of knew for most of these teams what was going to happen going in. And, you know, no matter what happened, there was going to be a really great pool uh, for this expansion draft. Yeah, yeah. And and we even broke some of the protections ourselves. Yes, we did. Follow Dimer. Follow Dimer. Follow Josiah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, there are definitely a lot of good pieces for the expansion teams to capitalize on. I don't think that there are. I don't think that all four teams are going to walk away with two franchise cornerstones apiece. 
think franchise cornerstones no. as defined more toward the level of, you know, really star players. I think those guys got protected for the most part. Um, there, there's some like the first round of the expansion draft could really set you up with a a franchise caliber player. Um, but my personal thinking is that it's not the end of the world if you wind up taking a really, really good, role, a really good and proven role player who you know will fit in well with your team and be able to build sort of your team identity along with a guy you know can fit in in anything. You know, this way you're you're not constrained to drafting very precisely in the entry draft. You're able to really more expand your team style and your options based on who's available in that. So I think, you know, not every team needs to come away with two franchise cornerstones. And thankfully there are a lot of really, really good role players available. Yeah, franchise cornerstone, I agree with you in that we're talking like MVP candidate caliber talent, which maybe there are like a couple of handfuls of those guys in the league. And there's plenty to be said about, you know, some of these guys didn't, you know, in the right system, maybe they could do that. I think the leading candidate for that would be Shots, um, who obviously became a third option in Portland. But maybe if you put the right system around them and, and you know, really built around them, maybe. But that's a lot of ifs. And uh, as season one proved, it's difficult to maximize talent for some of these teams. And you're talking about these expansion teams. We saw the difficulties in season one of teams trying to find uh, the right coaches, the right managers who know how to maximize that talent. And I think these expansion teams are having a little trouble with that already as we're three days away from the expansion draft, Josiah, and the Lakers and Timberwolves are completely quiet when it comes to who's drafting for them. So could there be expansion or could there be franchise cornerstones? Yeah. Do I think that any of these guys is really going to emerge as an MVP candidate in season two? Maybe a couple, but um, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be pretty well-positioned to select two good guys and then really fill out the team in the entry draft. And expansion teams can absolutely make the playoffs. So we'll see how it works out. Yeah, I very much expect expansion teams to fall out more toward the NHL side of expansion. You know, the the Vegas Golden Knights made the Stanley Cup Finals in their first uh, first season in the league. And yes, I will, of course, mention, of, will of course, to? concede that they Sorry. were defeated by the victorious Washington Capitals, um, blah, blah, blah. Leafs next five years, four Stanley Cups, calling it right now. Um, no, yeah, it's not, not happening. happening. But I could go for one or two. Um, no, but all of which is to say, I think the expansion teams will be in a very good place, especially if they make smart hires. Um, they're getting two you know, second-round-ish picks uh, right here, as well as respectable middle-of-the-round picks in the entry draft. And they'll also be able to learn from a lot of mistakes that teams in Season 1 made. Um, and that's, you know, none of the Season 1 teams really had a blueprint. Now, 
the season two expansion teams have a sort of blueprint and they know what works and what really doesn't work. So yeah, they'll have to institute the right system. Well, but I, it's, I'm, I'm oh, sorry interrupt, to interrupt, interrupt, but I mean, that's assuming that they have guys who recognize that there's a blueprint out there, which I don't know if the Lakers and Timberwolves have someone like no, that the, right the now. The Timberwolves, at the very least, are incredibly desperate at the moment. Um, and the Lakers have been unlaker-like and silent. But they... Uh, look, on the one hand, on the one hand, yes. On the other hand, though, a few teams were able to find success by drafting from an analytics perspective and then hiring a 2K community guy, basketball guy, coach after they had drafted their players. The the 76ers spring to mind. Um, 76ers. Right. So, yeah. so there is a way to make it work. I think it's better to have the community guys who do know what's up and who you know, do know sort of the chemistry and intangible things pertaining to players that analytics wouldn't show. Um, but it, it's not quite the end of the world to not have a community guy drafting for you at the moment, but it, it, I think teams would be much better off if they did. Yeah, uh, the Nets, of course, hiring OG King Kurt, uh, founder of the MPBA, the top pro-am league out there right now and nick gartrell also a community guy and the uh hawks talent gc picking up jonathan raber as a draft consultant of course the uh former current is he still gonna do that former nba 2k league staff writer he's certainly not doing it now um but i don't know i think it depends whether or not the hawks decide to stick with him or he decides to stick with the hawks beyond the expansion draft. Yeah. So I, I, I'd imagine those two teams are in pretty good position to uh, really do something. And like I said, you can absolutely make the playoffs. And once the playoffs, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen, as we saw with the eighth seed in Knicks winning it in season one. The, so. Knicks, the Knicks are really helped by the expansion draft format because they won't lose both Nate and Idris. Right. It's, uh, I mean... <laughs> It's kind of crazy. Like I know they won the the championship, but they were they were five and nine still, and they probably have more expansion draft candidates than any team right now. It's two guys you would definitely put up there in, in Idris and Nate, and they'll be happy to to keep either one of those. Yeah, so. and for those wondering, yes, of course the Knicks will bring back Let's Ball Up. There's there's no question about that. They're just taking. They're just taking things yeah. slowly. And they're not rushing like the Seventy Sixers or Celtics did, right? But so uh, he'll be back. No, no worries. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine. Um, but you kind of formulated a lot of these thoughts, Josiah. You had a mock draft of your own, which you can find on Dimer Two K dot com. Of course, it's interesting. Uh, why, why don't you go through? your thought process, which I, I guess I should say, this wasn't just your list of the top eight available players. You were trying to kind of predict what teams would do. Walk us through your thought process on this mock draft. Right, right. Because it's not necessarily the top eight players available because then the Knicks would be in, in big trouble. Um, yes. Certain players might not be picked. Um, but I was, I was trying to get a sense of what I thought teams would do. And mostly that focuses on skill, but it also has a lot to do with narrative because 
you know, looking back, you know, I'm not certain that the Mavericks would have drafted the way they did if they weren't also concerned about narrative. Um, you know, they they wanted to get the number one pick in Dimes, the most famous NBA 2K player out there, uh, or 2K league player out there. Some YouTubers are, are much more famous. Um, but they also wanted to get the international guys. And, you know, that cost them a lot of early preseason practice time. Um, so I tried to get it in, in the heads of what I thought teams might do. Shots going first is pretty straightforward and explanatory. He's the best player available. Um, he was a third option who still managed to produce very well for Blazer 5 in their great season. Um, he was on, right, Raber did his weekly MVP rankings, and shots sort of hung around those a little longer than I would have kept them. Not because of his lack of talent, but because I just thought, you know, his production started to drop off a little after the patch, especially. Um, but Raber kept them up there, and so putting those two together makes perfect sense. Um, and it, for, from what I've also heard, it's it's all but a lock. With the Nets, I figured Nate, best defender available, and, and the management doesn't want to pass on the finals MVP. Um, it teams, yeah. Front offices like to be able to say, oh, we just got the finals MVP who was on SportsCenter. Um, but also, he's a good player. Yeah. Um, then with the Timberwolves, Arsenal had some some really good stats and found some success with the um, the Celtics. I figured, I mean, Vert Vert could go here as well. I figured the Timberwolves might have heard some things and might be questioning why the Warriors let him go after such a great season. Um, but the chances of that drop every day with them not hiring a community guy. Um, so really it could be Arsenal or Vert. I just went with Arsenal, uh, but I'd be happy to switch that with Vert. Um, Vert, Vert, I expect to go in the first round, um, which is basically narrowed down to three or four. So I put him fourth. Um, Moody, I thought really, really saved his value with his late season gameplay. He averaged a double, double. Um, and put up a double-double in every single game except for the last meaningless one. Um, and, you know, Moody to L.A. is pretty irresistible because it just it makes a lot of sense uh, from a marketability perspective. Um, even, even though I think he understands, you know, really better than anyone now how much expectations and reality can be can be very different. The, the Kings had a ton of hype early on and then just lost and lost and lost. Um, Tim, 24K drop-off, smart, versatile guy. Um, there are a lot of guys you could plug in at this spot. You know, the Heat definitely don't want to lose anyone. Um, but I think, again, this, this one might be more contingent on the Timberwolves getting a guy from the community, um, which I thought they might have done by this time, but they haven't. To the Nets, O'Larry, I think he's, he's totally... I think he'll be totally ready to go for season two. Uh, obviously, questions about that after the, the tragic shooting in Florida. Um, but I, I would much rather not dwell on that. Um, but also, the Bucks have Kurt working for them. And Kurt was one of the Bucks draft analysts last season who drafted Larry in the second round. So 
that and the fact that Larry is originally from Brooklyn just seemed perfect. And then the Hawks feast has a lot of buzz about his defense. I think he would work well with shots. Um, and again, a lot of people could go there, but if you're able to sustain the buzz as a great defender against score lines like 84 points and 47 points, that's the sort of buzz that gets you drafted in the expansion draft. But really, I could I could happily argue for you know 10 other guys to be picked and 10 other guys beyond that. There, there are really a lot of options once you start getting beyond the first couple of picks. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like we've been saying this entire time, this draft pool is so deep. Like every single player and manager and media member could put their own mock draft, and none of them are going to be right. There's just there's just so many good players to choose from. There's so much unpredictability. No one's going to get this right. Um, that doesn't stop the anger at the list, though. But every everyone loves the hate lists. Yeah. Everyone wants the lists, and then they don't want them when they right. actually see them. Um, it, one thing I wanted to ask you about: you have no point guards in this in this mock draft. Tell me your thought process behind that. My thought process on that is that I'm not sure that the best point guards available, who are good point guards, control. And I'm so far ahead. I'm not sure that I would take them. And it may be personal bias seeping over, and it's it's no discredit intended to them. It's that I feel that point guard is such an important position that teams teams really emphasize protecting players who they thought would be able to lead their team forward at point guard. And I think we might get a lot of really good point guards coming in through the entry draft, um, and teams will want to forge their own identity through the selection of that particular point guard. The, the top point guards were protected. And so if you're looking to get a top point guard, that's more likely going to happen through the entry draft than through the expansion draft. Um, you know, Control and I'm so far ahead are very capable players. Their schemes didn't always fit their particular talents. But I think, I think this is just such a, a big man forward heavy expansion draft that if you're looking to find top players, that's that's the area you're going to find them. And you're not going to be able to, uh, unless they trust their own judgment so much already at this point, I think the, the big men are just proven beyond the point guards uh, in their capacity to perform on the court. And again, no discredit to these, to these top point guards who are very good, very good players. But there's a reason they weren't protected according to their teams. So that that weighs heavily on the mind of others. So what I can gather from this is that we kind of agree with what we would do if we were running an expansion team, which we aren't. But we would go for these wings and go for these bigs and pass on the point guards until the entry draft. That's what you would do, right? Yeah, that's that's what I would do. Um it depended which team I was drafting for, um, because I think the the Hawks and the Lakers at one and four respectively should be looking at at different things. The Hawks, the Hawks, I think, really lucked out with getting the number one pick. I would go with the point guard in the entry draft um, and try to use, you know, get big men who I know can work with 
uh, a less tested point guard and really be able to bring him up to speed. Um, right. And this is why I think Moody is a very viable pick because he all of a sudden turned around and started playing with a point guard who hadn't played point guard much before in Worthing Colt. Um, and they were a capable pick and roll tandem. And Moody really exploded when Colt's departure from the paint freed up Moody to grab rebounds and score down low. So I think if you can get a guy like that, that'd be very helpful. Um, but, you know, obviously that being said, that does assign Moody certain limitations where you might want to not, might not want to take him if you have another big, uh, high up on your board. Um, but I would, I would try and maximize the talent available to my team. And so I would probably get the good bigs now, um, and then try and find uh, a point guard gem in the first round. I agree for a few different reasons. Um, we're, we're, like I said, you mentioned control, and I'm so far ahead as probably the best available. And th- there are other good point guards in this pool. Uh, we're talking about guys like Savage. Uh, who else is in there? Winner Stays On is in there. ZDS played in the Combine as a point guard. That could be an option. Nudini has been playing Pro-Am in 2K19 as a point guard. Could be an option. Um, like a pro sitting there unprotected by Warriors. So there are some guys here. That being said, you made this point that if I, I would, you know, even I'm so far ahead in control, I would kind of rank somewhere in the middle when it comes to stacking up against the other leagues, point guards. So they're kind of average point guards in the league to me. Um, and it, of course, if they were any better, they would have been protected, right? Because point guard is the most important position in 2K19. So if I'm drafting an expansion team, I'd rather have you know, a good big and a good wing or two good bigs or two good wings than I would rather have a good wing or a good big and an average point guard. Because there are some really good guards in Pro-Am right now, and we don't, we, we don't know what the entry draft uh, pool is going to be. But there are some guys with high ceilings. And if, if I'm, you know, I absolutely think that an expansion team is very well positioned to make the playoffs and thus have a shot at winning a title in season two. So if we're talking about the most important position in the game, I would also want to be able to judge my point guard based on what they have done in 2K19 and get a glimpse at what they have done in the combine, which will be the closest thing we will see to the league build because 2K19 is a very different game from 2K18. And thus the two, the season two league build is going to be very different. So if I'm drafting a point guard, I'd rather see what they've done on the new game and see what they've done in the combine on a pseudo league build. than I would want to draft a guy based on what they did in a previous build. And we're not even a month into the new game, Josiah. So there's, there's not a lot of judgment to be had about how good I'm so far ahead or control is or savages at 2k19 right does that make sense yeah I think that's a that's a very good point um I would actually distinguish savage from the other two 
um, because he got fewer reps than the others in the league. You know, Control basically started every game, as did so far ahead. Um, but Savage also showed that he was not only competent at point guard, but also competent at power forward and even, you know, earned himself a spot in the starting lineup in the playoffs. Um, I thought he was good. Um, so I, he, he might not be as good or as proven a point guard as the other two, but I think he's a bit more versatile uh, than Control and so far ahead showed themselves to be. Um, but I, I do like your point. Yeah. I do like your point. And I, I'd rather, you know, I think there are translatable skills across game to game, you know, talking about defense especially um, and and shooting, things like that, which usually translate from game to game. We don't know how a new game will affect a point guard's game. And, you know, all these guys are good, right? They're obviously the best of the best, and they're going to continue to be good at the game no matter what what the game is, and they'll adapt to the patches and everything. But there's just a lot of uncertainty because um, I'm so far ahead and control could be maybe slightly worse at 2K19 than they were at 2K18. So, But you won't know that. And if you draft them a month into the new game, you're kind of taking a little bit of a gamble on that. And, you know, they could end up being a lot better on 2K19. You know, it's just... I'm just swinging for the fences if I'm running an expansion team. And yeah, there's a chance I can strike out on a point guard in the entry draft, but you know, you're still set up. You can still move guys around. We saw it a lot in um, uh, season one where people were going with non point guard centric systems. So, you know, even if you don't get the point guard you want in the entry draft, you can still do some movement around, get the versatile guys like Nate Call, like like drop off, guys like that, pick them up, depend on a good big man to really help you. And uh, yeah, you, I, I think you can do some things. But um, yeah, I don't know. But, you know, there's different team building philosophies and there are going to be a lot of guys saying a lot of different things about what they would do with this. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of different team building philosophies in season one. So it's going to be interesting. It always is. Always is. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, what, what else do you want to talk about? I wish I could go to the draft, but as, but it's, it's a conference call style sort of thing. Yeah. I mean. I get it, I guess. Maybe. At least they're live streaming it. That It would be a wasted opportunity if they didn't. Yeah, that's nice. Um, may take away a bit from the players, though. Yeah. Maybe want to, you know... ML- MLB draft style. Have a nice little have a nice little celebration with their new team on the stage or whatever. I don't know. But... But we don't even know who who, who might be there for the uh, Lakers or Timberwolves. I mean, we, yeah, we do know a name, at least, for each team, but... There, neither is I think the person that their respective team wants in control of the two K league operation for the franchise in the long term. Yeah, a lot of uncertainty. We're three days away from this expansion draft, <laughs> so could see some names that no one has mentioned being taken here, or you know, they just go with whoever has the highest points per game. Right. We could see. We could see teams deciding to take in the second round 
whomever their first round pick wants taken. Yeah, I mean, some teams yeah. did that in season one. So it's and it <laughs> kind of worked out for some of them. So well, didn't work out too well for the Kings. The didn't Kings, the Kings well are a special the, case. Uh, didn't work out for the Warriors, who seem to be just taking the highest points per game, guys. Okay, but it worked out for the Blazers. That's true. I don't know. Blazers, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I still find it I still find it this, remarkable this... that the top four picks all missed the playoffs, and then the five, six, seven picks were all MVP candidates. Yeah. Well, it, it, season one just showed us how important front offices yeah. and coaches are. Yeah. And, I don't know, some teams, some of these expansion teams seem to take it seriously, some... Stuck in the mud. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly when their expansion bids were approved, so I don't know exactly how much time they had um, between right. getting approved so as to be able to really focus on it and being able to, or or if it was you know if they got approved you know the week before the league announced it, um, and then I had to start scrambling. Um, uh, when when was it announced? It was like no, no, July it was August. August. It was mid middle of August, either August fifteenth or August twenty second or something. It was a Wednesday. It was during the season. I I'm think it sure. may have been the week before the finals. The week it was, was either it? the week before the playoffs or the week before the finals. Um, no. but I'm pretty sure the Nets no. knew beforehand because they, as Nets Daily pointed out, they trademarked Brooklyn Gaming. Um. Okay, yeah, it was August 15th. Fun. It was August 15th. That was okay. a fun day. So they had a little over a month to get their stuff together, which, you know, is a little tight, but to have nothing at this point is not good. No, not good at all. All right. Well, is that it? Is that everything? I think that's it. All right. Short, short one today. Yeah, uh, gotta go watch some football. Yeah, definitely. It's one ten p.m., so I'm already missing my Redskins right now and my but, Giants, for for yeah. better or for worse. All right, um, Josiah, tell the people where can they find you? Find me on the Twitter at Josiah Cohen thirteen. Wow, new handle. This is a podcast of firsts for me. Yeah, and also also follow at Dimer two K. Yes. That's the big one. Uh, follow me at Will Beverina, and uh, follow Dimer Two K. We're we're doing some stuff, folks. I mean, we're pumping out content. So, shout out, uh, shout out, J A. Yeah, J A Adonde retweeted us yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I was so psyched when I saw that. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> Making moves. Uh, Making moves. Yeah. Um, so follow us. We're close to a thousand followers, which I'm very excited about. Um, so, yeah. Follow Josiah for the breaking news. Follow uh, Dimer to, you know, get all the latest and uh, get all that content in your feed. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone, especially if you made it all the way through. Uh, we really appreciate. Uh, I don't know what our if we're gonna be doing this weekly during the off season. I 
I don't know. We'll, we'll probably do one next week after the expansion draft. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. TBD in general, though. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll figure it I, out. I guess it just... We'll figure it out when things are less hectic. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. See ya.